Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just wanna make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review, that would be very appreciated. All right guys, let's dive in. it's either inspiration or it's desperation yeah That's, they've come from one of those places yep. and the desperation stories were because they they had nothing they they came from somewhere where it was just you know it was it was adapt or it was work something out or just or just stay and, and yeah. never kind of do anything and make anything of yourself so I think the desperation side of it probably isn't isn't as relevant here it's more the inspiration <laughs> side it's like yeah. how do you really really inspire people yeah um to, to kind of make the best of themselves. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. I value you as a listener. So guys, I always try to put together the best possible show for you. And today is gonna to be really, really fun. We're talking to someone, not in the real estate space, but in the entrepreneurial space. And we are all entrepreneurs and it's important for us to understand how to create that lifestyle. And in today's guest, we're gonna talk about how to foster that in your kids as well. If you're interested in exposing them and having them sort of uh, investigate what it means to be an entrepreneur and how you kind of foster that in your kids. Uh, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm talking to Jody Cook today. And Jody built and sold a social media agency over a 10 year period. She just exited that company a few weeks back and she's going into a, a period where she's trying to figure out her next thing. Uh, but her experience of starting up, creating a brand, winning and serving clients, hiring a team, growing and selling a company has been written into books and articles with millions of readers. She's wrote, she's wrote a couple of books specifically that we talk about today. Uh, one of them, Stop Acting Like You're Going to Live Forever, and the other one, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids. So those two books are the ones that we focus on today, but she's written other books, and she is a Forbes 30 under 30 social entrepreneur in Europe and a regular contributor to Ford. So we had a great conversation, a lot of fun. We talked a lot about entrepreneurialism and also uh, what that means as far as raising your kids to be an entrepreneur, which society doesn't do a good job at. So you as a parent have to take the reins and do this. So uh, had a lot of fun. I think you guys are gonna enjoy this. So uh, buckle up, get ready. And I present to you, Jody Cook. All right, Jody, thanks for doing this. Uh, welcome to Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is going to be a little bit different kind of an interview. Sometimes, and a lot of times, our interviews are very real estate focused, very you know technical real estate stuff. Uh, but we are all entrepreneurs at heart. Like that's what we are. That's the common thread between us and any other entrepreneur that does anything else in the world. And so I know that you're dialed into that community, and I know that you, you we just spoke off off mic here that you recently sold uh, your business, uh, your your uh, social media business. So 
you are an entrepreneur, you understand entrepreneurs, you've written books regarding the subject, and that's really what I want to, to focus on and I think is going to be extremely valuable and interesting to my audience. But before that, I know about you because I researched you and I did my you know little internet stalking to know who I'm going to be talking to. Uh, but share with my audience a little bit about you, how you maybe got started, what you did before, all of the things that I know about you. Um, how, you know, how was the beginning years like for you in your career? Sure. So I started my own agency at the age of 22, so 10 years ago. And I very much started it because I knew that I kind of wanted to be self-employed, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just put together a lot of the things that I felt like I was good at and just went out there and started promoting myself as a social media manager. And I think um, I definitely didn't have a business plan. It was just two words. It was, it was get clients and that was it. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much grew it from there and then grew it over the last um, nine to 10 years. And then, yeah, um, it was acquired about six weeks ago now, which is super fresh. And then the whole way, the whole um, way through running my agency, I started to become fascinated that, I started my own business at 22, but hardly any of my friends did. They all went down the real traditional career path of, you know, you go to six, like school, sixth form, college, as you call it over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you get on a graduate scheme, you get on a graduate job, and then you do this whole like, edu- like career conveyor belt. And you just would never really think about entrepreneurship. Yep. So I started to I started to become fascinated with how entrepreneurs are created. And that's what led to me thinking about it, talking to people, writing about it. And that's what led to all the books that, that I've come up with along the way. So why why did you not go the traditional like university route? What was it about being an entrepreneur that was attractive to you? I don't know if I wanted to do it from when I was in school I don't know if I even maybe knew what an entrepreneur was at that time but when I went out of so I I studied at university because it was kind of what was expected my school was geared up to push people towards university so I just did not question it I just went along I turned up to uni with like a suitcase and I think I, I my contribution to the kitchen was like a spatula that I won at Freshers Fair and I just had no idea like how to look after myself or anything like that yeah. um but after that I got on a graduate scheme because again that was just the next logical step yeah and it was really on that graduate scheme that I felt like I I learned how to think for myself and so that was a graduate scheme in social care. So I don't think many people go from social care to social media to social mobility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of an interesting journey, but it was this yeah. is in social care. So I was in the in the north of England at an organization with a lot of challenges, but it was a graduate scheme with a cohort of 25 different people placed all around the UK in different quite challenging organizations and the idea behind it was to create the next leaders in social care and so apart from having our kind of placements and the the places where we were nine to five every single month we all got together and we had like leadership training days so I was 21 being coached having group coaching sessions learning about Myers-Briggs and all these personality tests like learning how to 
kind of work in a very challenging environment. And it just opened my eyes to what could be possible with leadership and with management. And so it was then where I really got, I kind of learned self-awareness or I guess relearned self-awareness because everyone's born with it, right? And then the yeah. education takes it out of them. Mm. And then that's when I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to start my own business from here. Yeah. So you mentioned Myers-Briggs and personality tests. Just this is a little bit of a, of a side note, but what, what are your thoughts on those? How much emphasis, how much uh, do you put into those in terms of like how, how you maybe manage or hire people in your when you had your business? Like, what do you think of those? Because I know that's something we use in our industry quite a bit when we're hiring. We tell people like it's not the end all be all, but it certainly is a factor. And I think it can can uh, make it, you know, it can really help you understand the person that you're managing or hiring. But what do you think about it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I don't, I, I never put too much emphasis on it. I guess I just think of them as tools. It was uh, when I was 21, it very much opened my eyes to the fact that we are all different and we all have different strengths and weaknesses. Sure. Whereas I hadn't even considered that before. You just, you almost just assume that what you're get good at, everyone else is good at. And <laughs> yeah. like, if you don't get nervous, why would anyone else get nervous? Or if you're worried about yeah. this, you just, you just think that everyone's like you. So I think the main thing that it made me realize was that how different everyone was and how how different everyone else was in terms of their like goals and fears and I guess that was more what I used it for but okay. yeah not not too I wasn't too prescriptive with it in my social media agency at all okay now we are going to get into some of the subjects I said but there's one thing about you that I have learned in researching you um, that isn't even in my notes actually it was just from going and looking at your your website that I find fascinating and very cool um, is that you're a lift you power lift you, you lift yes. competitively, it looks like. Um, how did that start? When did that start? And are you still doing it? Yes, I'm very much still doing it. I, um, I've i always been like sporty and just really enjoyed kind of getting out and being fit and healthy. And when I was younger, I was so a, a tomboy. Is that a phrase that you yeah, guys yeah, use yeah. as yeah. well? Like, yeah, it is actually tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was always like running around and playing, I don't know, football and catching and that kind of stuff. So um, I actually just, I started being a runner and then did half marathons and did 10Ks and then do did 5Ks. And the, the distances that I ran got shorter and shorter and shorter. And then I thought, there's something wrong here. <laughs> this is not what I want to be doing because it, yeah. I'm, obviously, it, I'm shortening the distances every time. Yeah. And that's when I started heading down to the gym and just, just sort of picking up the free weights and not really knowing much about what I was doing and probably getting terrible advice from people around me. Um, <laughs> But then I, I joined a gym that had a lot of um, competitive lifters in it. Mm -hmm. And then it probably comes back to role models, like, like again, quite similar to the How to Raise Up Feral Kids book. But having a role model who competes, who just sees it as this normal thing that they would work towards a competition, just made me think, well, yeah, I can do that. And then um, I, I started to look at the numbers that people were hitting for competitions, like girls who were in my weight category, mm -hmm. and then just started to think, yeah, let's, let's go for it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> and then I started competing. And um, competing is really fun. It's, it's a, they're really fun days. You just, there's a lot of preparation that goes into them. There's a lot of, it's a mind game more than anything. Like it's, you could there are lifters that could go on the platform and they could they could miss a weight that they've got hundreds of times before in training just really? because they can't cope with the pressure of being on stage lifting yeah. it yeah. and things feeling a bit different and having referees there but yeah it's really enjoyable and then in the UK you have the British championships and then so I've come second and third in that before 
And then there was one year where I got um, selected for the World Championships team for, G- for Team GB. So I went along to to compete there, and that was just a different a different yeah. level entirely. Yeah. You're surrounded by these people that you've only ever seen before on Instagram and you're just in awe of everyone. And it's a really like you get you get to wear your like country's colours and that's a really cool experience as well. Yeah. So I think the the competing part is the really fun bit. And then the lifting part is just what you do in the gym day to day. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I just that competition level, I think that that's, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that I've met and, and interviewed and talked to and people who I know personally, they have something competitive in their background. And I think that people who are like really, you know, entrepreneurial and really, really push themselves in business have pushed themselves in other areas too. And a lot of times it comes out in, in athletics. So I thought that was a cool little mm-hmm. uh, cool thing that I realized about you that, like I said, it wasn't in my notes, but I went to your website. And I'm like, wait, what in the world? And I'm looking at it. So cool. That's awesome. So I want to talk about that. But let's get into it with the kids. So I know people in my industry and a lot of industries who are having success. They're they're living the life that they want to live. They're happy. They're successful. They're really good at business. And they really want their kids to, to experience that and at least be exposed to it because not everybody's an entrepreneur. Um, we just I just went to an event recently in Cancun, where there was a lot of uh, real estate investors and really high level investors and successful people. And some of these um, folks brought their kids and their teenage boys and girls, and they were bringing in some of the meetings and some of them lasted kind of late into the evening. But it was just really cool seeing some of these kids in there taking notes and really interested. What are your thoughts on how how best to approach because kids sometimes just are resistant to anything that you try to tell them like how do you get kids to be interested or want to learn more about being an entrepreneur it's such an interesting topic and actually there's a ceo that i was talking to recently who he's actually really worried about what his kids are gonna almost turn out like because he's like they don't want for for anything they have everything they want we live in a great house they have holidays and he's absolutely terrified that they're going to end up spoiled yeah and that's probably his his biggest worry so I think when when I was researching for the book and um and when I was talking to Daniel Priestley who's my co-author for the book as well we we interviewed and we heard from absolutely loads of parents on what they were doing to raise entrepreneurial kids and also how they were raised to be entrepreneurial themselves and the range of people who we heard from which was about about 200 in in total um, it was a mix of being, it, it's, it's either inspiration or it's desperation. Yeah. That's, they've come from one of those places yep. and the desperation stories were because they, they had nothing. They, they came from somewhere where it was just, you know, it was, it was adapt or it was work something out or just, or just stay and, and yeah. never kind of do anything and make anything of yourself. So I think the desperation side of it, um, probably isn't isn't as relevant here it's more the inspiration side it's like how do you really really inspire people um to to kind of make the best of themselves so one of the stories from the books from the book that I love is a parent who talks about just he he uses this phrase doubling down on things Mm -hmm. so he's got a son and he said he just will pretty much double down on whatever his son is interested in so if his son says oh I love dinosaurs they'll just double down on dinosaurs like they'll have they'll get dinosaur books he'll have a dinosaur bedspread he'll learn about it he'll go see films he'll research things and his thinking is that 
if he takes his kids' interest and he kind of develops that further, then his son is going to learn mastery in something. Mm. He's, he's going to learn how to develop a really deep interest. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's dinosaurs or it's marbles or it's Rubik's Cubes or you know whatever else. Right. It's almost like once he learns how to be so interested in something, he can apply that to anything. Yeah. And then that will serve him really well going forward. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I know that in in you, this mass that mastery is an as a fan. I love that because you're right. I think I, I've I've said it a different way in the past, but I, I think kids who are curious, and who like have that curiosity um, indulged, I, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think when when someone says, "Oh, I love dinosaurs," to your point, I love dinosaurs, and you go, "Just go on, go, go, go." You know what I mean? Like get them out of your hair. Like they get discouraged, and I think that encouraging that that discovery and that that mastery is huge. And you talk about four pillars in in this book, um, uh, how to raise entrepreneurial kids: the mindset, the skills, the experiences, and the coaching. So, mm-hmm. what? Talk about the mindset a little bit, and I think we just started to, but let's let's dig into that a little bit. What is the mindset piece when it comes to raising your kids as entrepreneurs? So in, in the book, in the mindset column, it's kind of split into lots of different areas. The, the first one is, we've called it the kind of family, almost like family mission statement. Hmm. So this idea that all the best businesses you can think of, they have a mission statement, they have like a set of values and they have things that the people who work with them do and don't do and how they operate. Yeah. And we put forward the idea because it was it was based on the story and, and the examples that we'd got from parents. We put forward this idea that like, well, what if your family had a mission statement and what if your family had like a set of values and, you know, this is what we do. This is what we stand for. This is the kind of home we're creating. And you almost set it up like a business, except it's Hmm. fun. It's not like a, it's not going to be a stuffy, I don't know, (laughs) printed out document that everyone has to sign and you get published if you don't stick to it. Exactly. Um, But a lot of the mindset as well is about, so it's got things like practice. It's got things like dreaming big. It's got things like even even thinking about setting goals and thinking about what that might look like and what you want to work towards. Yeah. Um, it's got things like um, <laughs> about how you can how you can kind of develop interest and not shut them down. So in um, like it, we take ideas from improvisational comedy, where in the world of improv, if someone in your kind of improv team says says an idea or says like a sentence you can never say no you're not allowed to shut them down you have yes. to say yes and yeah yep so if someone's used to always seeing saying always hearing yes and then they just think about the world in a different way yeah and so it leads them to thinking of opportunity rather than just i don't know pessimism and skepticism and it's so it's so safe to do it when you're when you're small as well. It's safe to do it when you're when you're grown up, really. But we take ourselves too yeah. seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. But when you're a kid, especially, you can just you can just play and you can just experiment and think about things, and then it leads to you having this open mindset for, for when you grow up and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I think kids are born with that. I really do think they're born to think that everything is possible. There's no really limitations until they learn limitations and sort of get told they can't and told they're not smart enough or, or all these things. So I, let me ask you this. I've asked a lot of very famous people this and very famous authors like yourself. I, I Do you think that entrepreneurs are born or that you can learn to become an entrepreneur if you weren't born to be an entrepreneur? I think that 
don't think <laughs> I don't think that they're just born. I think they are raised, but I think that the fit is so important. So I don't think you can necessarily make a success of like say you've got like Richard Branson like could he have made a success in Oprah's field or could Oprah have made a success in Sarah Blakely's field or could Sarah Blakely have made you know all these you think of those these people they've got this there's something innate there there's got to be there's something there that's just their curiosity their like set of skills and, and what they're doing but it's matched so well that entrepreneurship just probably seems effortless to them yeah and business isn't really a business isn't a topic is it business isn't a subject If you find something that you love that much and that you're really good at that much, then you could probably turn anything into a business because the yeah. business side is secondary to you continuing to to kind of follow your purpose, I guess. Yeah, totally. What do you think is the, the one thing parents maybe are doing on a regular basis that's sort of crushing this entrepreneurial spirit? What, what, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen or heard of? Um, oh, it's, it's so difficult to talk about mistakes because, um, in the book, we're super careful. Like it's not, it's not about giving advice. It's not about, you know, comparing any parenting styles. I think there is, there are as many ways to raise kids as there are, as there are kids really. All right. Um, let's be, let's be, let's be politically <laughs> correct. What are some of the least awesome things that people do of all the awesome things parents do? What are on the bottom of the list? Um, well, I guess it goes back to what we talked about at the start, the education conveyor belt, the career conveyor belt. It's really easy not to question them. It's really easy to think in terms of what the school wants you to do or what Mm -hmm. the college wants you to do and not like, well, what do you want to do? And it's really easy to think that you're choosing your way forward when actually you're choosing from a very predetermined set of options. And I think if a parent is too far along just make just you know choosing from options then a kid might believe that they can't go any further yeah i I think you're right i i think that's not even parents necessarily that's just society that's just the way things are set up you get on you're right you're totally right you get on the conveyor belt and everything in your life is is revolves around doing the work the school tells you to do and kind of just moving down this path with your head down and it's it's no wonder that most people just end up kind of being spit out at the end of that conveyor belt in the same place. And and for some people, it's probably appropriate. I mean, I have three kids, and um, really only one of them has that entrepreneurial spark where you can see that she just wants more, and she has a very unorthodox view of things. Um, the other two is they they have went a traditional route, and and I don't know that that because. Not everybody's an entrepreneur. It just, it's not easy. It, like you said, sometimes it's effortless because mm-hmm. it's sort of in them a little bit to do that or whatever. The environment that they've been put in fostered it. But for some people, it's just not enjoyable because it's a little bit of being out on the Serengeti with mm-hmm. a bow and arrow and like you have to you have to hunt and kill what you're going to eat and that's not for everyone so um i but i agree i think society is sort of like created this system that just spits out workers and and it's and mm-hmm. some people get stuck in that and the folks who go to their nine to five and they just feel like their soul is being destroyed every single day because it's just they're probably not meant to be in that environment they just haven't been to your point right richard branson probably if he was raised by journalists who pushed him into journalism he might not have been successful probably not right he needed a different path and he needed to be exposed to something that was that was different for him let's and i and i love that topic because i'm all about it and i think even as an entrepreneur myself i didn't become an entrepreneur until a little bit later in life i went down that 
conveyor belt and kind of went more of a traditional route for for certainly longer than you did. Um, and, and it wasn't until later in life, and I just don't know that I was great when my kids were young about fostering this entrepreneurial spirit. But uh, but that that's but that's a really good point you make. I want to talk a little bit about this. Don't stop acting like you're going to live forever. I, I think it's just first of all, it's a great title. It's a very in, intriguing. Um, but what is that book about? What what do you what what was the purpose and why did you write that book? So um, the the start of stop acting like you're going to live forever actually goes back a couple of years before I released it. So I um, was at an event with like a, a Forbes event and I managed to run into the editor who said that they were starting a contributor program for Forbes and I was like oh my god I need to be on that <laughs> so I decided there and then that I was gonna I was gonna get her details and I was gonna pretty much follow her up shamelessly until she agreed <laughs> to let me be a contributor on Forbes so um so yeah, that's what I did. I got her details and every week I'd be like, hey, are you ready to launch it yet? And she'd be like, not yet. Every week I'd, get, I'd send an email, I'd follow her up. Yeah. And then eventually they they launched the platform and then they let me be a contributor. So um, so I started contributing articles on the topics of entrepreneurship. And it was, entrepreneurship was the, the kind of broad title, but my, I was really interested in, in lifestyle design, in happiness and in how to run a business without it running you. Because I was at the time, it was so it was all about like, oh, you've got to hustle and you've got to grind. And I just thought like there's, there's got to be something there's, there's something more to this. It's not it's not just about that. Yeah. So that's what I started writing about. And there was one article that I wrote that went a bit crazy. And it was called um, it was called How to Stop Caring About What Everyone Else Thinks. That was the point I was just going to ask you about. <laughs> I have all these different yeah. articles and that's the one I wanted to ask you about. So it's interesting that that's okay, the one that blew up. That's cool. well, yeah. And that, that was really one of the most popular ones. And, and I, I just love receiving emails about people who have, who have actually said, oh, wow, it feels like you're talking to me. Like that was really what I needed to hear. Yeah. And it's just so interesting because I was at the time I was writing stuff that I needed to hear. I was almost writing advice to my former self of, of how I was getting through stuff. Yeah. So um, it's cool that they resonated with people. But that article in particular it was a dad who emailed me who said, I really want it in like a printed form so I can put it on the wall of my daughter's bedroom so she can see it all the time and she can stop caring so much about what everyone else <laughs> thinks because it's ruining everything. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, that'd be cool if it was if it was in some kind of printed form. Yeah. And then um, I checked my contract with Forbes and saw what I was allowed to do. And then it turned out I can just use the I could use the pieces however I wanted um, after a certain time period had passed. So I thought, well, I'm gonna put them all in a book because if you know it's only it's only a few people who've got in touch and asked for it printed but there's probably more people who would like to see it um and then yeah it went it went really well so the first volume of that book had 36 different articles in and it's got different quotes and it's got other different stories in it and then I released volume two which had 45 articles in a couple of months ago and then each of them come with a guided journal I don't know if you saw but okay it's like for every article in the book there's a couple of pages of questions about how you get the themes in the book and and you can kind of write them like journal entries to to, mm. to draw on them a bit more and oh, apply them to your cool. own situation so yeah my goal is to do one of those every year because they they seem to go down well they seem to actually change the way that people think and I think if we can all be really happy running businesses then that's that's the best outcome so 
tell me the give me the cliff notes. I don't know if that's something that you say, but give me the highlights. How do you make? How do you stop caring what people think? What do you? What is your? What What would be the elevator pitch there? How do you do that? Because I, I I agree with you. By the way, I, I'm so I. I I talk to a lot of people who are trying or, or have this aspiration to start a business. And what I find is that's one of the major things that stops people from moving forward and starting things that they want to do, whether it be a business or whatever it is, is they worry about what other people think. And that and it stopped mm-hmm. me. I know from a personal standpoint, I waited five years to start my business because I was nervous what people were going to say. And and so what mm-hmm. do you, what do you, what's the advice here? I think so many things about this. I don't know how much of it will cross over to, with the article because I can't remember all the points in it. But I think you have to dig into the fear. You have to work out what what is this fear? Is it because I'm scared of failing? Is it because there's a specific person who I'm scared of looking silly in front of? Mm. Um, sometimes it's just that people take themselves too seriously and lack of perspective is what causes that. Because if you really think about it, like, our time on earth is so well stop acting like you're going to live forever like our time on earth is so finite we really don't matter nothing matters it's it's all fine um there's different techniques like kind of different ways of zooming out so there's one business leader i know who she thinks of herself as being in the helicopter in her business and she actually has a little helicopter on her desk to remind her to zoom out get in the helicopter and see things from afar Mm. and then once you're away from the detail it stops to matter it stops mattering so much yeah um another way of not caring what people think is to be able to define the the true best version of you and who you know who you really are and act like you really are the whole time and then it's almost like well I'm going to act like this person if someone doesn't like it that really is their problem because I'm happy that I'm doing everything that I can in my power to be kind and be happy and and everything and you know look after myself and look after other people so there's there's so many things but if someone really wanted to if you always had it like as your goal in front of you stop caring what people think you could do it anyone could get there yeah I, I think it was interesting too is I tell people all the time you you think about you and what you're up to all the time everyone else is not obsessed with you like for the most part like people who like are nervous to say something on social media and I know you had your whole agency like people are not like following you so closely and, and analyzing and critiquing everything like people just have their own lives to worry about they don't care what yeah. you're up to for the most part right so I, I totally agree and I, I think that this whole you don't live forever I think people really need to understand that and sometimes it's hard to talk to younger people about that because in your 20s you sort of do feel like you're there's no mortality there you're just so young but um, as you get older you start realizing yeah life is short and so yeah. I think that's that's great and I love the idea of like the helicopter like zooming out looking at the big picture because we do get caught up in our own day-to-day like the things and the struggles and we think it's like that's you know that's going to define us or that's like everything that exists in the world and it's like not the world is so big people are not that concerned with what you're doing so don't don't get overly concerned about what they think um jody i I literally could talk to you all day i love this stuff i love the idea of creating your perfect life and being happy and and not create you know creating this whole world that that is 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 developed to make to make you happy and to do what it is that you should be doing and uh, entrepreneurialism is something that I am constantly thinking about and I'm so obsessed with so I appreciate you doing this I appreciate you being on we're going to put links to all your books and everything is there anything you want to say before you go any any parting words of wisdom um, about anything lifting weights entrepreneurialism whatever <laughs> like any anything you want to say 
So I sent a concept that I was thinking about the other day that I've written about recently is about architects versus bulldozers. And if if the entrepreneurs or the artists or who are or the real estate professionals who are listening, um, who are listening to this, they are the architects, they are the people who are crafting things and are, and are building things and are creating awesome stuff. They're the ones who are putting putting the effort in and and like <laughs> Yeah, I'm really creating stuff. So it's almost like those bulldozers, those critics, those it's so easy to bring something down and it's not yeah. that easy to build it up. So it's just another reason why you really don't need to care about what anyone thinks because you are the artist and you are the architect. Totally. I love that. And it reminds me of a quote, actually. I can't remember who said it now, but uh, if you want to build the tallest building, you can either knock all of the buildings around you down or you can just build the tallest building, right? So like, don't don't <laughs> yeah. don't try to do your thing by hurting other people. So I love it. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you being a guest uh, on the show and uh, and for giving us your insights. And, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was fun. I enjoyed talking to Jody. And, you know, listen, we all are striving to be successful and create the life that we want. But what do we want for our kids? Do we want them to have the same thing? And if so, how do you foster that? How do you create um, that environment that really helps kids understand how to think like an entrepreneur, how to go down that road if they don't want the traditional you know, job that we're basically conditioned to to have in, in school and society and what it kind of pushes us towards. So I really liked having her on and I really wanted to cover that topic because I think it's something that a lot of folks that I know in real estate are interested in because they want their kids to be able to create their own lives that they want that's designed for them to make them happy. So this was fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it, but get out there, get going, create that life you want, because I think one of the best ways to teach your kids how to be successful and how to be happy as an entrepreneur is to lead by example. So get out there and lead by example, create the life you want, create that life that makes you happy. Your kids will see it. And if it's for them, they'll gravitate toward that as well. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time.